Welcome to Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to the commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified special trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I'm glad you're here listening to this podcast. In this episode, I have Jake Kitterman with General Parts. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles. Today, I have special guest Jake Kitterman on. Jake is actually one of my apprentices in Indianapolis at General Parts. Um, pretty cool dude, younger guy. It's always good to see a younger guy in here. Um, I think my son's got beat by a few years, but hey, he's still younger than me, so that counts. Um, so, Jake started off as a residential HVAC guy. I'm sure he's got some history before that, but that's what I know him as before he came to work for us. And uh, he's been working with us for probably eight nine months now and uh, he's coming on pretty nice so uh, let's hear it for jake so jake thanks for coming on buddy yeah uh, thanks for having me pat um uh yeah you know i uh, i've been with general parts now for about uh seven or eight months um you know been drinking from a fire hose as they say uh you know getting my hands on a lot of equipment you know kind of came came from the uh, residential hvac side so it's a little bit of a different ball game as we can get into later, but uh, thanks for having me on. And of course, we got Jason Latimer back. Jason's uh, going to be a staple around here, I think. I'm going to keep having him back over and over and over. So, what's going on, Jason? Oh, man. Just another day in paradise. Just got home, put in a long day, and uh, thanks for having me on again, man. Yep. How's the weather down there in beautiful Florida? It's pretty hot. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not even anywhere near as hot as it's going to be. In the next two months when summer hits but it's it's an early hot year yeah. a lot of ac calls and, and whatnot and ice machine calls yeah we had a taste of some heat last week it's kind of chilled down a little bit this week but last week we were in the 90s um and it, it was kind of it's a little rough at first but we're getting there we'll get it figured out so but no i just want to have jake on talk about his journey you know from being a younger guy doing residential hvac and then transferring over i know you have some hvac experience before you transferred over and I didn't have that luxury. I started off as an electrician, so I didn't have any HVAC or mechanical side background to me. Um, I guess electrical is mechanical, but, um, you know, and that was my journey into this. And and I kind of picked up the HVAC side of it later on. And I don't have a whole ton of experience in it. Most of mine's package units on the roofs and stuff. So, um, you know, I don't really know split systems too well in houses. Um, I know I got to go look at Corbin's tomorrow. He's got a leak. His break, his house he just bought, uh, he moved in Friday and his AC was not keeping up. And they came out and did a gas and go on Saturday. And the guy's supposed to come back and leak check it tomorrow. So he wants to be there when they do a leak check for him. <laughs> An enforcer. <laughs> no. Well, so what, what happened to that home inspection before he bought it? Dude, dude I don't know. Because, like, it's a new furnace, but the furnace is huge. And it's got this little bitty case coil that sits on the ground above the ductwork where it goes in, in the crawl space. And it's like, the, the furnace is so much bigger than a case coil. It's like tilted. So oh, yeah. I'm like hoping that they have to replace it. And then that way we have a chance to pull the furnace out and build a proper box, you know, to set the furnace on and set the, uh, set the coil in that kind of stuff. Cause it's kind of sketchy right now. <laughs> is there a, uh, is there like a transition between the, the bottom of the floor and the coil? Oh yeah. No, it's, it's like sits right on the floor. So I was like, hopefully, you know, if it does have a leak, we get a chance to fix it all, make it look right, and make it sturdy. Because I don't trust it. It that that his his furnace is leaning bad. 
Uh-oh. We may have to have you come up and take a look at this. So. Oh, you know my number. <laughs> what do you think about the uh, commercial food service world so far? I know it's been kind of probably eye-opening and uh, a little crazy at times. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, I, I think overall, though, I'm just I'm just excited, you know, because I think, you know, coming from residential HVAC, you know, I'm, I'm having to deal with hot and cold side uh, in homes. And so, you know, that's a little bit of an easier transition uh, for someone like me, you know, dealing with hot and cold side equipment, um, you know, just like a, you know, convection oven or a fryer. It's just super similar to a furnace. I mean, you got you got gas valves, you got heating elements, high limits, you know, thermostats. So you're you're playing with a lot of the same toys. It's just in a different package and different access points, and you know, more commonly, you know, higher voltage than your uh, your typical AC or, or furnace combination. But um, but yeah, just uh, you know, I'm excited because. Um, I've always kind of wanted to just learn. I'm just eager to learn more. And um, that's kind of a common theme I hear from, from guys who, who transition into commercial, whether it's kitchens or, you know, HVAC. Um, they're, just, they're just eager to learn more, and they want to learn, you know, expand their resume. They want to they be the best they can be. And so, you know, being a part of this team and being a part of commercial kitchens, just there's so many avenues to learn. Um, and so... You know, it's kind of it's kind of fun because uh, you know, in our position with uh, with Parts Town, you know, we, we see everything from stuff that's really new. You know, uh, you know, a lot of warranty calls on stuff that's got really complicated control board systems, and and then maybe we have like uh, you know good relationships with older schools in the area that might have really old equipment. So I get my hands on old equipment that doesn't have that's not as quite complicated, but maybe really dirty. So it's just different problems for. Uh, for different age equipment, and um, so it just keeps me on my toes. Yeah, it's definitely a variety. It's definitely a challenge. Um, you know, I never imagined 17 years ago when I started doing this, it'd be the way it is today with everything being a touchscreen, a computer. I'm sure Jason's the same way. He's been in it for a few years now. and Just the transition and the way everything is going in this industry, it's just crazy. Everything is a touchscreen. I mean, reaching coolers, walking coolers. Ovens, fryers, toasters. I mean, it's it's nuts what the way everything's going. So that's got to be a huge learning curve. You know, I've mentioned this before. When I started, I didn't have to carry near as many parts. You know, and Greg, like I said, he's Greg, for example. He started 38, 39 years ago. He could carry like 40 parts and fix everything he worked on for the week. I mean, it's, just, it's crazy the difference in, you know, where it's gone. But it's just like everything else. Technology is going to, you know, lead the way in everything we do. I'm sure Jason sees a lot more than me because he does a lot more different than I do too. So, yeah, and it's 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 a little crazy with uh, digital everything. Whether it's a walk-in, a reach-in, a cooking equipment, I'm I'm not sure what they're not going to switch to digital soon enough. Touchpads will just be watching us, and AI will control what they're doing. Yeah, it, it's it's nuts out there. It's hard telling where things are going to go, but I look forward to it. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there to learn. Like he said, you know, he's going to learn as much as he can. Um, robots are going to be a huge avenue, I think, here in the future. Um, to you know, learn the robotics side of stuff. So there's a lot of opportunities out there. Just you got to be willing to learn and work for it. So yeah, I think it's exciting. How, how, did you do mainly service or install when you were doing residential? 
So I, I was probably like 95% service. I I'd occasionally get called in to help with the, uh, with an install, you know, um, that, you know, I, I never really like sat in on a full install. I'd, I'd help with, go help with a, with a furnace placement or, you know, a condenser placement or whatever. Um, but oddly enough, I had, I had some, I had to cut my teeth on my own install at my house a few weeks ago because my, uh, 21 year old compressor shorted to ground. And so, uh, I had to, had to uh, ask my boss if I could have a day off work to install my own uh, condenser and A-coil at my house. So that was a fun little uh, project for me. Yeah, that's going to happen to us soon here. Ours ours is 18 years old, carrier, original condenser fan motor, original everything. I, I had a leak in uh, like the, uh, a component in there I fixed while my wife was deployed. And uh, she's like, well, we're going to have to replace this thing. I was like, yeah, well, I'll try to find us a good price. She's like, no, you're going to replace it. I'm like, I have never replaced I've never installed a residential AC unit. She's like, you'll figure it out. I'm like, all right, I'll figure <laughs> yeah, it out. <laughs> I replaced it about five years ago, but it was an insurance job. My basement flooded, so I had to have someone else do it, luckily. Or I would have been oh, like, man, it out myself. So. <laughs> so what's been some of the biggest hurdles is changing over from a residential guy to uh, residential AC to the commercial food service world? Um, anything particular stick out in your mind or – um, you know, you kind of, you kind of just mentioned it, but like, you know, you, I used to have every single part I could ever want on my truck in residential, you know, I had, you know, X amount, I have a whole drawer of capacitors, uh, contactors, single pole, two pole. I carried a universal blower motor at all times. I carried two or three other size motors at all times. I mean, um, I rarely had, um, do we lose Jason? He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I rarely had cases where I had, I would have to like go to a supply house or uh, order a part and come back and reschedule or, you know, cause you're, you're staring down uh, a customer who you can see beads of sweat rolling down their face and they're frustrated and uh, you're their only hope. And so you got to get it fixed and get it fixed ASAP. Um, so that's, that's a different kind of, maybe a little bit of a positive adjustment too, you know, um, the urgency is still urgent, but it's, you know, people's, uh, you know, health or if they have like, you know, respiratory problems, they're not, not really at risk, you know, in the kitchen equipment, you know, they can either use a different cooler, use a walk-in, you know, for product that they need to keep cold or use another fryer, you know, a lot of cases like that where they have some backup options. Yeah, that's a bad, that's a, that's a, carrying enough parts to do everything we do is, it's impossible. I mean, I always make a joke that we could drive a semi and I'd still have to order parts. I mean, <laughs> we do pretty good about assigning guys to certain product lines, but still, it's just, it's, it's some days, it's just, it just doesn't happen. I mean, I always double check, see if I got parts at the shop or if there's a guy close to the parts. And if not, you know, I got to order it. And if it's a, it's a bit, if it's a, a critical piece of equipment, I always make sure I give the customer the option, hey, next day air, you know, you know, we can try to get them back tomorrow or however we can do it. And then, you know, most we do a lot of warranty work, and most manufacturers now they don't want their equipment down because it makes them look bad. So they're approving next day on just about everything. You know, especially under warranty. Even over the weekends, um, I've had a lot of manufacturers they'll do Saturday delivery. Oh wow! So it gets shipped to the customer site Saturday morning, and then they call in the overtime line, and then the overtime line calls us, and you know we just send out whoever's on call, or you know. If, if it's something that only I work on or someone else, you know, dedicated person works on, a lot of times I'll tell the on-call guy, hey, this call comes in, be expecting it, call me, and I'll come take care of it. 
it's kind of it's kind of weird how it works. I mean, I can't ever predict it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, another adjustment too. Is like you know these customers a lot of times. I'm not gonna say every time, but you know you have your mom and pop stops who who might control all their budgeting, and you know sometimes they dip into their own pocket to you know, do repairs on their building or restaurant or whatever. Um, but most of the time, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, it's either like in their capital expenditure money or in their budget, like from their, their franchise or, or something, the money's not really coming from their pocket. Um, so they're like, the, as far as price goes, they might be a little bit more lenient as far as like what it takes to get it done. Whereas a homeowner, you know, that's, that's pretty much their priorities. Like he's going to give me the best price, cheapest price. So they might, call a couple service companies to get different opinions and, and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I've done a little bit of some opinion work, not a whole lot. Um, I did one for a school system. We ended up getting that school system because I went back and, you know, they had some guys come in doing some work that really wasn't trained to what we did. They did, you know, they did refrigeration, but they didn't do cooking. They are more of just a mechanical contractor. And they they do some cooking stuff when they kept telling the customer wrong, wrong, wrong. And eventually I went in there and, I got it all fixed and going great, and you know, I ended up playing in that account. But yeah, it's it's there's not a whole lot of second guessing. Generally, in the commercial world, kitchen world, you know, they get a company they trust and they deal with, and it's just pretty much them unless some major stuff happens. I'm sure that's how you guys work as well, isn't it, Jason? Correct. Yeah, it's you gotta. It's gonna you got to set yourself apart with your customer service. I mean, no one's gonna fix an oven or a fryer any different than anyone else. I mean, everybody has, a, mm -hmm. you know, a level of experience um, that you, you just gain through time. So we got our, our new guys that are in seven months. We got our 10, 20, 30, even 40 year techs and every company has them, but if it's really your customer service and communication and your relationship with your customers, that'll uh, win you some leniency uh, when, when the stuff hits the fan, but you know, too many mistakes, uh, and they might want to date someone else, <laughs> you know, and see if it's greener on the other side. And, and, you know, sometimes they'll come back and sometimes they're not. It's, it's, it's your, it's your opportunity to keep. And it's also yours to lose. Yeah. Jake hasn't worked with me a whole lot. I have to have him work with me some and, you know, some, some interaction with the customers. Um, some of the guys he's worked with, uh, don't have the best, uh, bedside manners, if you know what I mean. Bedside manner. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Some people are, can use a little bit of, lessons in communication and tact. So, oh, a smile and a conversation can change any situation, man. And some absolutely. people do it. It's amazing. It's amazing the guys are just grumpy. You know, I pick on Greg because he's old and he looks like a grumpy cat, but it just goes in there and, I mean, he can fix anything, but he just can't communicate well with the customer. It just, and it shows. Unfortunately, um, it, he, it reflects it, negatively on him, but it's not really, he's not really a negative person, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a, that's something that you just, in residential at least, you just cannot afford to be a bad communicator or like bad attitude. Like the customer picks up on that, like, like lickety split and you'll be, you, you've already lost your trust right when you walk through the door. So if you don't, if you don't have a smile and know how to ask uh, these customers about their, grandkids you know baseball games or their latest surgeries they're having on their knees or um you know you're 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 giving business away to the competition really um so that's that's like i feel like it's a i feel like i feel like that's a good uh um advantage i bring to to this industry too is like i feel like i have pretty good soft skills communication skills so 
Um, anytime I like to, I like to explain repair or what's going on with the equipment. I, I, I take my time to do that with the customer or the manager. That's great. I really like Jason's outlook on it, man. I thought I always had a pretty good outlook as far as talking to customers, but Jason takes it to the next level. And if you, I mean, if you talk to Jason about, you know, how he deals with customers and interactions, he really takes pride in it and it really shows. So, um, I look up to Jason for that aspect. And I, like I said, I always thought I did a good job, but Jason kills it. <laughs> Oh, thank you. So what, so what, let me ask you, Jason, what are, what are some, you know, some kind of quick tips? Like what do you, what's your usual go-to? How do you communicate? Yeah. So, you know, my big thing with all my texts is, you know, I, it's introducing yourself just, you know, Hey, I'm here with general parts. My name is Jason. I'm here to work on this piece of equipment. Uh, can I get your name? Uh, is there anything you need me to know about that piece of equipment? Hey, if there's anything else, uh, while I'm here, there's probably not an additional trip charge with you guys if you're already on the property. You know, I can save you some money and, you know, just let them know you care about their stuff. And then get, you know, when you get back to see them, you know, call them by name, write their name down. I put my names, my their names in the notes. I have all my guys, hey, in your notes, I always want to see upon arrival who you spoke to. That one that ensures that there's you're practicing good customer service, you're communicating with the customer and you're going to address them by their name. So the next time you go back, you can look in your history. If you're a good tech, you look through your you look through your history and, and, and whatnot. And you see that person again. Hey, Sally, Billy, Bob, whatever. You know, how you doing? Good to see you again. You know, and then, you know, the first trip, second trip, wherever you want to go about it, ask them, you know, what they recommend there because they're working in that job for whatever reason they're there i'm hoping because they like it because i worked in restaurants and i loved it you know if, if it wasn't for the last recession and and however god planned this all i would have probably still been there but people are people make the most of the situation they're in so they're there for a reason they're most likely enjoying it or they're trying to do the best they can so ask them some things like hey what's your favorite dish here you know what's a good night to come in here and, and whatnot and you know one, you're showing them that you, they're human, you know, because when they see you and you and the first thing they see, and this is from my experience is working in hospitality, they see money going, you know, so you're just someone who costs them money. And when until they till you make them human and you communicate with them, you know, now it's just like, OK, they see me, you know, they're not looking because they there's a, a perception when I worked in uh, in hospitality that a lot of the guys came in who didn't speak to me were a little snobby and they thought they were better than me. And you know what, That that's a narrative that my own mind made up, but that's what people do. They, they have to discern the situation they're in when they're in, interacting with other people. You do that all day, call it being prejudice, discernment, whatever. You have to size people up and figure out what the heck they want from it. So until you create you know a, a connection with them, all you are is somebody who's costing them a lot of money, you know, so get to know them, ask them some stuff. And then the next time you come back in, say, you know, maybe try that, that dish. And, you know, when you get a chance, take it to go, come back and say, Hey, I tried that recommended dish that you, you recommended. It was great. Like you said, you know, it, it's, it's real easy to just like if you went to a bar and you made friends, you just shoot the shit with someone. That's what you do. You're, that's all you're doing. You know, just, just treat them like humans and, and they're going to remember you. And then you become a, a preferred technician and whatnot. Like, yeah. There's no better feeling than when a customer calls in with a piece of equipment is down and then, you know, they ask for you and, you know, dispatch them, Hey, it's going to be three or four days next week. And they're like, I'll wait. Just been like, yeah. 
Jason out. Makes you assume Jake out. You want that relationship. <laughs> that affects that 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 looks the perception of that relationship is going to go a long way with your employer, with that customer, and everything. So you build those relationships and you just nurture them. I mean, there's so many these schools, places I've been in where I know these people. I've seen them outside of work. I've I've been in like I went to a hardware store and I ran into a customer of ours, and he came up to me, and started talking to me. Where do you know him from? And I'm like, oh, he's he runs this kitchen at this hospital, or you know, I'll see someone like I'm trying to figure out. My wife's like, you know her? And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. Give me a few minutes, and I'll figure it out. Eventually, it clicks. You know, oh, I know her. She's a manager of this restaurant somewhere. And it's just, and if I remember who it is in time, I'll talk to him. Hey, hey, how's something going? You know, it's just my mind's a crazy place, but I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> you know her. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and then I explained it to her that she's pretty understanding. At first, she wasn't very understanding. Then she's got to realize that I deal with thousands of people a month. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll, her I'll, uh, I'll never forget. Um, it was like my maybe my first, I don't know, a few weeks on the job. And I was with Pat and maybe as I don't know if I was with Corbin or someone else on our team. We were taking out those coolers in the, in the basement of uh, a Butler. And that, that, uh, Chad, who, you know, who is part of the, on the management team, like, I remember him just like coming up and talking to Pat, like he was like, Pat, like Pat was his best friend. And I just remember walking away thinking to myself, like, man, like this, this industry isn't just like turning wrenches. Like you can, you can have develop, you can develop real relationships and like, you know, and real friends. And it's kind of funny, like fast forward, like several months later, I'm, I'm just, I'm in my personal vehicle driving down the, the highway down the road here. And I have the windows down, it's nice weather. And I hear this like this loud the loudest motorcycle I've ever heard in my life. And it's like, you know, a few lanes over to my right. And I'm like, man, who is this butthole? Like, you know, this thinks he's thinks he's like tough tough stuff. And I look over and I and I see it's Chad. It's Chad and his like little, you know, curly uh curly mullet locks, you know, and he's just like flying down the road and uh, Yeah, he's he seen me um at NRA show. I was in line getting my badge and someone's screaming my name and I walk outside and get I'm getting a message, a text message and it's Chad. He's like, hey, I just seen you. So I waited for him, came out and I talked to him. I walked around the NRA show for about 20 minutes and um, it was pretty cool. But yeah, those relationships go a long way, man. Like, and I didn't really know him. I, I only worked, done some work for him like one time where as, as the last university he was at, DePaul. Um, I went in there and they had a, that cooler is just about the end of its warranty and had a lot of issues some coil degradation, some other stuff. And I fought for him and made it right because they kept trying to deny stuff. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You can't do this. And um, eventually I, we they made it right. They honored the warranty. I got it all fixed and above and beyond. And then he got transferred over to the Butler and he wasn't happy with the service he was getting there. And he requested general parts and he requested me. And I walk in there. I'm like, oh, hey, you're here. He's like, yeah. He's like, you're here because of you and me. He's like, so let's make this work. And ever since then, it's just been a, it's been a pretty good relationship. I always enjoy going to Butler. Um, you never know what you're going to run into. There is a lot of equipment, a lot of different stuff. Um, crawl around in attics full of asbestos, um, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> well, hey, Pat, to your point, what you just said about that, that manager going to a different business and then bringing you guys on, that's the power of the relationship. And if you live in a small enough town, I'm not sure what town you live in. But I mean, these are the same people that might go to your church. Mm -hmm. Your kids might be in the same, you know, little league and your daughters will be cheerleading. You guys go to the same theaters. You know, it's, it's like, 
you want to treat people like you're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we go out and my daughters are just like, geez, daddy, you know, everybody, you know, people are saying hi to you. Like you look some <laughs> sort of celebrity. I'm like, uh, I, I help people, you know, I, you know, I try to be that lunch, that lunchtime hero and come in clutch, but, but yeah. people really do remember how you, how you service them, you know, how you, how you treated them, how you made them feel. So that's, that's powerful. You never want to, you never want to cross anyone or make them feel any kind of way. Cause you, you know, that's how the universe works, man. You know, you're going to, they're going to go somewhere else. They're, everybody's on a ladder trying to, you know, grow and stuff like that. So are they, you know, and that might take them away from where they are currently in that, in that journey. And they're going to want people who they trust to, to back them up. They're only going to go with who they know, you know? So that's where you got brought over to uh, the, that other university or whatnot. So I, I love that. I love that that happens because that, that just speaks to, to relationships. Yep, yep. I mean, it's a huge part of it. So, And I think Jake does a pretty good job. Um, I haven't done a whole lot with him, you know, one-on-one, and I'd like to here in the future. You know, it's been hit or miss a few times um, just because of location. So he's been kind of kept with one of the guys that does some more refrigeration than me. Um, but, you know, I'll get some chance to work with him and see how he interacts. That's, I try to push up to everybody, and it's so weird. Um, I pick on my son because he's, he's my son and he's one of our trainees. But, like, I told stories about him being this outgoing and crazy kid his entire life. And he comes to work here and he's scared to come up in the office up front. He won't come up there and talk to nobody. He hangs out in the back. I'm like, you don't talk to people. That's our job, dude. He's just like, uh, he's just guy. And I'm like, I don't know that side of him because it's never been the side I've seen of him. It's just crazy. So I, I've told stories to our customers, you know, I, I regular customers I've dealt with for years. And then we go in there, and, and then we're working. And I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, my son. And I'm like, that's your son? I thought you said he did this. I'm like, apparently he's going to make a liar of me today. So, <laughs> But, yeah, being comfortable is a huge part of our job. So what do you like about this industry so far? Anything in particular you like working on, you don't want to work on? Um, I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I feel like I'm pretty comfortable with like most, uh, refrigeration stuff. Um, I feel like, I feel like, uh, General Parts does a lot of business with combi ovens. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, uh, naturally it, it, it's like on one hand, it's like I'm comfortable with them, but on the other hand, I don't know how they work yet. So, um, so, you know, do, with, between refrigeration and then like running combi oven calls, like I don't get a lot of, um, other like, you know, hit or miss fryers, you know, hit or miss convection ovens, hit or miss. I, I don't think I've worked on a, um, an open range to this day. Uh, but you know, a lot of, a lot of toasters and, and stuff like that. So, um, I think, uh, I think right now, like I, I really enjoyed doing the, doing the refrigeration side. Um, uh, but also like, I, I love learning about the combi cause you know, I feel like it's pretty complicated and I like to challenge myself and, and learn more about that. So, Oh, you haven't seen nothing on the refrigeration side yet. <laughs> you've, you, you've done a lot of stuff with Jim, so you've done a lot of the smaller stuff. Um, uh, what you get some crazy, some bigger walk-ins, some, uh, you know, all digitally controlled stuff, some electronic TXVs and stuff like that. Uh, it's a whole other world. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you know, Kelly, our dispatcher, I remember, uh, I remember when I first started, I kind of sat with her for, uh, for a couple of days, just kind of get cut my teeth on how they do dispatching, how they schedule calls and stuff like that. And I remember her saying like, you know, right now we only have two refrigeration techs and, um, between, you know, Pat and Jim and Pat, you know, has a lot of 
lot of other uh, um, responsibilities and installs and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, they're kind of like bottleneck a little bit of refrigeration. So I'm like, man, let's let's get this going. Like, I want to learn. I want to I want to get in there and put my gauges in and see what's going on. And uh, but yeah, I'm excited to do, do some like more walk-ins and uh, more freezers and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I miss uh, doing walk-ins. I miss doing refrigeration because right now, like you said, I'm kind of just like stuck on installs. And, you know, there's this huge Outback rollout with this Unox stuff. And I'm kind of into this kind of stuff. I'm like, hey, I want to do some more refrigeration stuff. I'm getting kind of bored over here, guys. So, <laughs> Is that nationwide, that rollout? Yeah, so Outback's redoing their main cook line nationwide. So they're they're actually putting in – Three Taylor grills, so they're yeah, putting, heard about that. putting in a gas three head. Um, they're putting in their new three head electric and the two head electric where the bottom lines go up to. So they're doing they're putting in three Taylors. They're putting in an Unox, and then they're changing some of the other stuff around. So they're doing our area right now. I did two last week. I did three this week. We get two weeks off. I do three more. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. Oh, I didn't know Taylor spread out like that it's a lot of service yeah well since they got bought up by middleby corp it's gonna be crazy. oh yeah 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 that's right because I'm, I'm taylor certified yeah um so i've worked on the i work on the grills and stuff or i had i was mm-hmm. but um but i was wondering you know now that you mentioned that and that was recent news yeah so they're actually, good for them they're actually starting to service some middleby stuff and so that's gonna affect probably a lot of people because you know we've always done the pit codes and some of that stuff that was under that middleby umbrella you know and so we'll see um but i was talking to the guys and they don't want to work on the fryers they don't want to do this but they're gonna they're kind of getting forced into that world just because you know that's who they are now they're owned by them so they you know they're going to leverage their own service companies for they service you know leverage you know general parts or caspers or whatever i don't think they're totally going to do away with us but i think they're going to try to leverage that side of it more you know I remember uh, it's been a minute, but we ran into me and Greg ran into an issue where we went to a, a Pitco uh, fryer issue at Burger King, and uh, I think the man, I think the manager was like a little hesitant to explain exactly what the history of was on the unit, but like we got to talking to her more, and like I think eventually kind of like slipped out, like oh yeah, you know Taylor's been out here looking at it, but they basically couldn't figure it out, so that's why we're here to look at it. So I love that when they try to keep that information. <laughs> You, you talk enough, and it'll slip. It'll slip. It happened. It happened all the time with me at, uh, in residential. In fact, sometimes people would like mistake you for like a different company. Like I remember one time I, um, one time I was doing a just a PM on someone's furnace, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, ever since we started using, you know, gave the company name." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's not my company." So, um, but yeah, it's like it's just stuff like that. Like people. <laughs> It's kind of funny, but you know, at the end of the day, you're there to do the work. So, yeah, change it's an opportunity. So, what I like to do is like the manager will hide stuff, but like you wait till the manager walks away and you find out who's working back in that area, and you befriend those people and you talk to them, and they will tell you yeah. all the information the manager won't tell you. Like, you know, a lot of times, like oh. You know, the manager's like, oh, no, there's no water been thrown on this grill. And then, like, the manager leaves, and you start talking to someone else. Like, no, the night crew just throws water everywhere, and they throw water on That's why it's doing it. Yeah. I'm like, you got to – you can't always trust the manager. You go to the manager and ask for information, but you still want to ask the guys actually back there in the trenches doing the work because they're really yeah. going to 
happens. Yeah, I always say, I always talk to the operator of the equipment because they're the ones the most in, inconvenienced by the equipment being down. And if anybody knows how that piece of equipment runs and the sequence of operations on the operation side, it would be the person inconvenienced, and that's the operator. They are more than helpful, you know, willing to help you to let you understand, okay, this is what I do. And this is where it stops working when I do this. And it's like, bingo, that. But yeah, they're the they're the first ones to say, oh yeah, yeah, some, yeah, look in the closet, there's a pressure washer, which I hate finding inside of restaurants. And I always find a little Ryobi electric pressure washer. And then, you know, they wonder why their, their condensers, you know, that are their low boys and whatnot are all shot and full of water and, and they take it to their grills. I found blenders and dishwashers, just all kinds of craziness. But trust the, trust the operator. <laughs> So LED Andy man asked a question. He wants to know uh, what certification do you have for restaurant training? Um, there's not really a certification. I mean, it's just on the job pretty much is how we roll. I mean, I, I think there is some programs out there, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I can answer that. Um, you know, aside from factory training, you know, like going to Taylor for two, two, you know, two weeks, AVO training, um, Garland, I'm like, a, I got a two, a level two. I haven't gotten a three or anything like that. I'm sure you have. I know you got everything, Pat. Uh, but everything for the most part is, you know, other than Stafesa certifications, which I don't have any. I just taken, I took the classes for the water, the steam, the, you know, the, uh, the electric and gas. But uh, uh, only other certifications I have are what I've taken in my, my facility maintenance college and in my HVAC college, but everything else in the field, you know, you just want to apply the principles that you learn. And um, that's about it in the EPA license. I think I've got as, about as much as on, on average that any um, kitchen equipment or building maintenance guy has, um, you know, I don't have like a Nate certification or I'm not a master uh, Cefesa certified technician or anything. No. Good question. So Jake just took that electric gas, steam and water class. Um, him, um, Corbin, and then another guy from Indy, all three of them went down a couple weeks ago, or about probably about a month ago now, and uh, they took that class. And that's I liked a, it. Six days and a lot of hands-on. Um, it was a little yeah. bigger class than normal, so they had uh, three instructors there. So they broke up into two groups, and they brought in uh, a couple guys to teach. John Swain and Paul Petrutis taught, and then um, I think Dan just Dan got, yeah, Dan just got filled in with hands-on stuff. Um, so it was it was cool. So Corbin had a lot of good good things to say about it. I, I think Jake said some good stuff about it too. I haven't talked to John about it, but uh, I know Corbin was excited. He came back and he was ready to get to work. He was ready to tear stuff up on his own. So, <laughs> Man, I think, uh, you know, coming into the commercial side, uh, I think that was my biggest uh, desire um, coming out of residential because, you know, Jason, if you've done residential stuff, like the, the training – really there's there's not a whole lot unless your company is like very proactive on on sending you to like you know um you know manufacturer classes like and their whatever they manufacture their their equipment or um most of it's just kind of like online stuff and it's just kind of out in the field like if you hit run into issues like call your manager that's what i dealt with a lot there uh in residential um but like, you know, when we went to electric, uh, you know, the EGSW class, I'm like, man, I was just eating it up because that's exactly what I've been wanting. And the guy teaching us has been doing this for 40 years. And there's another guy over him that's been doing it for like 50 years. And, um, and then not to mention all the guys around me who were either in my same like spot in their career 
or maybe they have been doing refrigeration for 10 years and they haven't touched hot side stuff yet. So they're, they're still cutting their teeth on stuff. So it's like kind of crazy, um, you know, what all is out there and, and where people are at and, and, uh, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of them, talking to them, learning about their experiences kind of really helps you push you forward. So I don't know how you do it. How does, how's the training structure set up at Casper's? Is it, you pretty much you get a mentor and you're with that mentor till you turn free or do they kind of bounce around or how do they do it there? So for our university that we have, we have, we have a full test kitchen, but we also have, we have a couple RTUs, full size Lennox and, and York RTUs. We have them on casters. We roll them in and out of the warehouse and, you know, we, we, everything's hands on. We got some, some uh, boards, some huge boards, some that we built ourselves, and some really expensive ones. They're about the cost of a car that are in their modules. Um, so we can explain things. We have where a lot of our, a lot of our um, customers will bring that when they purchase new equipment, sometimes they'll want us to refurbish it. So we'll, we'll, they'll agree to let us have it for a few months and the students will work on those. They'll, they'll calibrate them, clean them, uh, understand the sequence of operations and rebuild everything inside and, and diagnose them. So we do a lot of hands-on. We have it in, I don't have the syllabus in front of me, but we have like a, uh, where they do in semesters. So we'll, we'll, we'll take some students out of um, HVAC college and we'll put them through like three months, pay them, um, you know, pay them like, like 18, 50, 20 bucks an hour and they'll get their 40 hours every week and they're training and they're getting paid and you know um, and it's it's like a hundred times more than what they would have gotten in hvac school because from what i've heard a lot of students these days i went to hvac school nine ten years ago and facility school and it was a lot of hands-on now it's hands-on and kids watching youtube which is very strange to me is what i'm hearing um so we're all hands-on and you know we got the Cefesa training books and for um, for the classes and stuff like that. Um, Chad's a Cefesa certified master tech. Uh, Samantha's the other, uh, the other um, instructor on the, she makes the curriculum the curriculum, and it's, it's very training intensive. And then for technicians that are regular technicians, whether they're in the PM department, the beverage department, the install department, the service department design or whatever, if they feel that they're, they're they talk to their supervisor and say, you know, I'm not feeling, um, so great on this piece of equipment or this theory or this, this subject, they'll just call the, the part, the training department. And then we'll just ask all the departments is how are you guys and your team feeling about this particular thing? Can we get, uh, you know, three, four, five guys together and we'll make a class out of it. Um, like I'm, you know, our test kitchen, I'm going to have everyone come in, I think in two Fridays cause I'm on vacation as of you know, tomorrow for about a week and a half. But, uh, when we come back, I'm gonna ha we're gonna clean all the the flat tops, the fryers, all the hot side equipment, and I'm gonna take that opportunity to have to show them how to calibrate all that stuff, you know, sort for hot side PMs, you know, and stuff like that. So we're we're training is super important. We do not we do not care about spending extra for investing in training because you know it's you know a few bad a few bad incidents and then you know it's you know you. A customer leaving, you know, it's millions of dollars potentially, and that's that's a big hit. So we got to make sure everybody's on point and whatnot. So, well, that's how we are with with training for the most part. When it comes to mentorship, once you're in your you're in a department, you know, your your supervisor, your lead technician, those those are your mentors, you know. But we we make sure everybody's you know got those basics down and whatnot, and, and they're comfortable with the equipment. 
Yeah, we're we're changing a lot on the training side. There's a lot of stuff coming out that I can't really talk about what we're going to do. Um, but I, you know, we're just you're a big in one area. You know, like your your location, your guys are big there. You know what I mean? But we're spread yeah. out all across the country, so it makes it really hard for us to do things like that. You know, we're a relatively small branch in our parts, and then there's humongous branches other places. You know, and we're all across the country. We're not down in Florida or down south. I mean, we're in Texas, but we're not in California. But, you know, we're spread out pretty good. So, they're, you know, we're working, doing some training facilities in the university-style thing. You know, uh, it's going to be so many weeks and that kind of stuff. So, we're working on stuff. It's just going to take a little while to come around. But the biggest issue, it seems like, is get these managers to understand that you need to send these guys to training. You're going to lose the money up front on training. But the money you're going to lose in the long run, if the guy is not trained and doesn't properly know how to work on something, is going to be far surpassed the money you're going to learn in the training. They just see that initial hit to the budget, but they don't see the hit you're going to take if you lose a if you lose your top tier customer, if you lose a big warranty customer because the guys aren't trained. Uh, they don't see that side of it until it happens. So, get them to understand yeah. the hard part. That's kind of going. Yeah, that's here. that's very pricey, man. I mean, it could take one guy. Get you know, so, some customers, you know. For, for some customers, who they're working with is a lack of options. And, and for some people, the devil you know is better, they feel is better than the devil they don't know. So they'll continue to deal with the same BS. And, you know, and they're, you know, they probably got a, a good sales account manager that, you know, keeps touching base with them and, and walking them back. But, you know, it could be that one guy that just, is, you know, just pushes it over. And they're just like, forget it. I'm just going with someone else. And, you know, and that has a lot to do with training, you know. So, and that's why we even train on soft skills because <laughs> it's like just training on technical stuff, which, you know, you know, you're going to get that knowledge in and when you, and it's super important, but I mean, you could lose accounts from someone's attitude, you know, or someone's lack of communication. So we, our training is pretty comprehensive. It's from technical to soft skills to emotional intelligence, you know, just all that stuff. Yeah. I think we need to institute, um, some soft skill stuff. I've been trying to push that. Um, I mean, I'm not perfect. I, I'll lose my temper from time to time. It, it happens. Um, I'm not proud of it. Uh, I try to keep it from happening. If it happens, I make sure, you know, if, if I do get upset or something that if no one sees me, but you know, we've got guys that will just lose their crap right in front of a customer and not even think twice about it. I'm like, you can't do that. I'm like, it's, it's, it's amazing. They don't realize that how they carry themselves as a reception on general parts, how, your guys carry themselves the perception on Casper's, you know, and yeah. one guy can ruin a relationship. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Got to remember the names, that namesake on the side of the building, man, that's a representation. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's walking in anywhere without your company's name on your, you know, at, the, at that time you are the company, you know, the, you're all they know. Cause if, if you're an asshole, the company's an asshole. You know, if you're a sweetheart, the company's a sweetheart. It's yeah. all on you. So some people, you know, it's, and people are going, people go through stuff, you know, I mean, relationship issues, children, uh, uh, spousal issues. And it's, it's hard, you know, when you, you go through a rough night and, or whatever you're going through and not, and trying to separate that. And, and I think when, like, I don't give people a real hard time when they have to call out, they're asking for PTO. I'm like, just give us some good, you know, talk to me, you know, I, I'm very understanding, you know, I mean, if it's not a habit and you got something going on, I'd rather you deal with, you know, your kid, your wife, your husband, whatever, then to come into work and be absolutely miserable, not paying attention, potentially, 
um, risk, you know, risking your safety, hurting yourself or damaging a piece of equipment or someone else. People really, and that, that falls under emotional intelligence. You know, you never know what people are going through, you know, and some people, you know, they just, they just need some space, but you know, so it's a fine line. So combis, I worked with Jim and Greg. So Greg does some combis. Jim really doesn't do any. So you mainly worked on some rationales then probably, Jake? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've installed a few rationales with Greg and, um, I've done some service on some combo therms and um, maybe a couple of Alomas um, and then maybe maybe even some I've, I've done a couple of Unox installs with you I think. So. Yeah, there's a there's a wide variety out there. I know we got some training we're trying to get lined up for um, you and Corbin and John. So um, trying to get some trying to get some combo therm right now. It's the hard one to get. Um, I'm sick of being the only guy that goes to this particular grocery store chain. I'm just kind of over it. Uh, Corbin, <laughs> Corbin, I got fed to it today. I had a, I had a conference call with some senior management for our parent company and I had to bail. I was like, Hey, this part goes in here. There's an arrow that says up, make sure you screw it all the way in that arrow sticking up and I'll be back. <laughs> and he had to lay on the floor in the van talking on the phone for a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got to get some guys trained up in the, the different combis. It's, it's, that's going to free me up to do some other things. I keep telling them, I was like, man, there's going to be a day where I'm not going to be able to be in the field every single day, guys. You know, there's some stuff in the works, and you guys are going to be, you know, a little hurting if I'm not here. So we got to get guys trained up. Looking forward to getting those announcements, man, what you're doing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to when they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so these these things coming up and these announcements and these things coming up are things that are through your company, not yeah, stuff you're working on in your own. Uh, there's some stuff I'm working on, on my own, and then there's some stuff that our parent company, because we're owned by PTA. Yeah. So our, the service side of Parstown is called Unlimited Service Group. So I really, we're part of the Unlimited Service Group, and that just encompasses all the service companies they own. So there's two really entities, it's all under PTH, but you have Parstown, which is the parts side of it, and then you have the Unlimited Service Group, which the service companies are. Um, so they're just working on some stuff. Um, some I do know about, some I don't. And like I'm doing some stuff on my own too, trying to figure out some things. So it's cool. Uh, just trying to find my little nut in the world, you know, I'm just a little squirrel trying to find nut, but my nut always changes. I'm always trying to go somewhere else. You know, I get confused. I'm more like the dog chasing a squirrel. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that, man. While you still got your marbles, brother. Yeah. <laughs> While you still have that drive and that, that curiosity and that ambition, you, you just got to use it. Well, use it or lose it. Right. Yeah, use it or lose it. So, uh, I think we got some good guys coming in between you know Jake and Corbin. You know, we got some uh, we got some potential there just to keep them interested. Um, it's right now is we're just trying to find the time to give them time to learn. Like I said, um, we come from the mindset of twenty years ago where it's so much easier than it is now. And you know, I'm guilty of expecting. You know, I'm guilty. Greg's guilty of thinking. All these guys should be further along than where they are at now, and it's not going to be the case with what the stuff we're working on now. It's nowhere near going to be the case. This chat is nuts right now, man. I don't know if you guys have been following this. But I checked in. Re I saw Reliable in there. <laughs> They're hijacked and talking about Crocs. <laughs> oh, dude. it's. it's <laughs> I'm about to get a moderator because it's, it's getting a little crazy. <laughs> Are you sure we're not on Twitch or is it, is it YouTube? That's, it's YouTube and uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. I haven't seen anybody from LinkedIn checking in. It's mostly everybody's on YouTube tonight and they're just all over the place. 
<laughs> well, I won't keep you guys much longer. I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I look forward to working with Jake um, in the future. Uh, I want to see Jake grow. Um, he's got some potential. Uh, he wants to learn, so that's always a good thing. Um, so we'll check back in with Jake in a couple months and have him come back on once he's out doing some more things on his own. He's been doing little calls here and there on his own. Did some stuff today for me, a part hanger. Um, just got to remember you check the, all the orifices, not one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned on that one, too, because I didn't check them on, on Saturday, so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody, um, make sure you follow Jason on social media. I won't give Jake's out because he's kind of a private guy. Um, <laughs> so, make sure you're following Jason on all social media because he puts out great content. He's always, uh, he's always promoting proper techniques, proper safety, and doing all the great things. So, um, make sure you follow him. So, have a good night, everybody. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Yep. If you guys would, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. It really helps us grow and helps us know which direction to move in. Also, if you have any suggestions for guests, please email me at commercialkitchenchronicles at gmail.com. Or if you want to be a guest, email me. Love to have you guys on. Thanks a lot. See you next week.